last time we concluded with the annihilation of the northern kingdom. King after king had been counseled by God to do it God's way and prosper, but to no avail. Idol worship was dominant. They never completely forgot God. There were celebrations, a form of worship and sacrifices, but there was little effort by most particularly in the leadership to walk in the ways of God. God is a God of love, but he will not be mocked. The Israelites were killed or banished from the country and replaced by people from other, <coughs> other lands conquered by the Assyrians. In Judah, Ahaz came to be power approximately 10 years before the direction of, of Israel and survived the Assyrians' invasion by making a deal to pay tribute to them. Israel, on the other hand, refused and was destroyed. Ahaz was such an evil king that he was not even buried with the kings of Judah in Jerusalem. His son Hezekiah did right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in his ways. He completely destroyed all the idols in high places and began to restore the temple. The kings that were given to idol worship would install the idols in the temple with other gods and other changes, so the good kings had to come and restore the temple. Because Hezekiah would not pay tribute, he was faced with the same fate as Israel. But his story is different. It's found in chapter 18 through 20 of 2 Kings. Isaiah was the resident prophet. And when the Assyrian demand to surrender arrived, Isaiah told Hezekiah to take it to the Lord. He went to the temple, spread the letter out before the Lord and prayed. The Lord responds to Hezekiah and promises there will be no fight. The word of the Lord is sure. For that night, 185,000 of the Assyrian soldiers died in their sleep. What a mighty God we serve. Prayer is all in all. Hezekiah's son, Manasseh, <clears throat> did not walk in the ways of the Lord, and upon coming to the power, reversed everything his father had done. He was truly an evil, evil king. The Lord pronounced a judgment on Judah at that point and Jerusalem, and the, the judgment would not be changed. The difference between father and son is so marked. How does that happen? One suggestion. Where the information is given, the good kings had Jewish mothers, and the evil kings had pagan mothers. What is this saying? The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world aptly shows the power of motherhood in affecting the future. So mothers, recognize your responsibility and power. King Josiah is the brightest spot in the King David's line. He began by walking the ways of the Lord. However, when the scroll of Deuteronomy was found among the rubble in the temple, he begins major reforms and turns, Israel, and turns Judah around. In chapters 23, <coughs> The king gave the order to all the people, celebrate the Passover. The Passover had not been kept since the days of the judges. This is hard for me to imagine that though the whole kingship of Saul, and especially David, and all the way down to a, a point in the judges, approximately 500 years, had not been celebrated. The prime, minister, the prime objective, if you will, ignored by even the best of kings until Josiah. It is as we neglected communion since the Middle Ages. Scripture says of jo Johah, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his strength, 
in accordance with the law of the book of Moses. How would you like to be said about you? Sounds like the most important commandment ever read by Jesus in Matthew 22. For all the good and turning back to God accomplished under Josiah, Jeremiah, who had begun his ministry during this time, prophesies that the Josiah, the people will revert to their wicked ways and chase after foreign gods. The generation of Josiah is spared. But Scripture continues, Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn away from the heat of his fierce anger. God is long-suffering, but enough is enough. And through the prophet Jeremiah, God's prophet of the nation, he, he, he pronounces the announcement to make sure they got it right. You will be judged. But before the final pronouncement is made, God promises that the nation someday will bloom again and they will be his people and he will be their God. But first, there's judgment. The fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has fully accomplished the purpose of his heart. That promise of being their people is still unfilled. Egypt made a move toward Judah to link up with the fading Assyrians, and Josiah went out to fight and was killed. Josiah's death was tragic, but it would seem to be part of God's plan to execute judgment only on the truly degenerate nation. He mercifully removed the king to save him from the oncoming storm. We must ask ourselves when there seems to be a tragic death of the young or an active servant of God, perhaps this is truly God's exercising mercy. From this point on, 609 B.C., there is a succession of kings who do not follow the Lord. Babylon crushes Assyria and makes Jerusalem and Judah a vassal state. Immediately, Nebuchadnezzar selects a cream of young Israelites and deports them to Babylon to be future administrators in his kingdom. The first wave in 605 includes Daniel and friends, among others. This is considered to be the beginning of the 70-year period of the exile. In 597 B.C., there is another deportation, and this one includes Ezekiel. In 586, the king of Israel, Zedekiah, revolted against Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar first surrounds the city and starves the population for two years. There was no food for anyone. In extra-biblical accounts of the siege, there are reports of cannibalism. How far had God's own people fallen since Jericho? They did not follow the Lord and chased after other gods. God is loving and long-suffering, but enough is enough. The Babylonians broke down the walls, put the city and temple to the torch, and most of the surviving people to the sword. There was a temporary end to the nation of Israel. Can you see any similarity between our present country and the ancient nature of Israel? It seems to me that fervent and persistent prayer for forgiveness, revival, and staying close to God should be a concentrated focus. May your day be filled with the blessings of His presence and peace.